Welcome to DC Schmooze with OU Advocacy. We're getting to know some of our nation's elected leaders and learning about their policy goals. Join us as we dive in. Hello, and my name is Nathan Diamond, Executive Director of the Orthodox Union Advocacy Center, and we're here for another episode of the DC Schmooze with newly elected Congressman Aaron Bean from Florida. Hey there. Um, why don't you, being new to Congress, uh, folks outside of Florida or outside of district might not know that much about you. Uh, maybe you could introduce yourself and what your path to Congress was and a little bit about your district. Uh, Nathan, thank you so much. And what an honor it is to be on uh, on the smooth. I hear that's a big uh, a big one. I'm looking forward to uh, spending a few minutes today. So uh, I'm from the Jacksonville area, a little tiny town called Fernandina Beach. Used to be mayor. I was then a state rep. I was then a state senator for the greater Jacksonville area and was ready to ride off in the sunset in the private sector doing some other things. But last year, in fact, it'll be a year ago next month, this seat began to open up a brand new seat under uh, redistricting in Florida. Heck, I think I might have a shot. I think I might, you know, take a shot. And so with nothing to lose already turned out of the Florida Senate, uh, we took a shot for the seat, worked our tail off. And next thing you know, Nathan, here we are in our nation's capital. And uh, it's a whole host of challenges for our country that I'm becoming more and more aware of. Lots of work to do. But Nathan, I think there's good news that we're finally making some progress. Well, that's great. What, what have you, being you here, uh, we're, we're, we're doing this at the end of April um, of 2023. What, is, what has surprised you most so far about, about Congress that's either serious or silly? No, no, Nathan, that's a great question. This is my 19th week being yeah. in Congress. You remember that first week that we had a hard time yeah. uh, electing a speaker? Since then, 19 weeks. I think the biggest challenge or biggest just, uh, whoa, that's something new, is uh, the committees that I serve on, on the subcommittees, invariably two or three will always meet at the same time. And so that's frustrating for me that, you know, Paul, you know, I, I pride myself on attendance. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be engaged. Right. But uh, you physically cannot attend three meetings all at the same time. So that's kind of a bit of a challenge. But is in terms of uh, meeting people, in terms of putting the red carpet out and making sure that people from Florida, particularly my district, are welcome and engaged. That's something we're doing. We've done a variety of already town halls, and we did our first telephone town hall. How about that, Nathan? I've never done one, but we had uh, a few hundred people tune in, and we talked about the things and the progress we're making here, not only as a as a, as a as their member of Congress, but also just as a country mm -hmm. uh, of what we're faced, the, some of the challenges and the progress we're making. And, and what are your, what are the, say, the top two or three priorities that you are really focused on from your perspective? Well, uh, number one is the debt and uh, how we spend money. We are growing broke, uh, Nathan. That may be a shock to a lot of people, but eventually we're going to run out of money. And uh, we have to make some changes. I gave a talk this morning and kind of compared us right now. The path we're on, it's almost as if we're the Titanic. We're, we're, we're a ship. And we know that we're going to be hitting an iceberg unless we change course, unless we change course. And the administration not only has not changed course, but they pulled back on the throttle and just, you know, sped us up on this collision course with an iceberg that will be uh, disastrous for our country. But yesterday we, we did a really big thing to make our first offer in terms of the debt, the raising the debt oh, just a little bit with massive 
spending reforms, including, uh, Nathan, this comes as a shock, may come as a shock to you or some of your listeners, but there's still billions of dollars that we've appropriated for COVID, you know, to get people through COVID, to get states and communities through COVID, but it's, it's not even spent yet, not even unspent. In fact, it hadn't been appropriated by these states. Uh, let's take that back. That's number one. Two, why do we want to continue to pay people not to work? You know, we did, we got into the bad habit of paying people not to work during COVID. And uh, guess what? When you pay people not to work, they don't show up to work anymore. And so nine out of 10 businesses are struggling with trying to get workers right now. And uh, that's, that's realistic. So the debt, the other thing is the border. It's hard to have a country when you don't have borders. So debt and the border, we're, we're working on a bill right now on some major reform uh, to help close the border. And I'll be honest with you, Nathan, uh, our current administration, the rules are already there. There's already laws uh, already. If they were just enforce the laws there are, right. then we wouldn't have the problem that we have right now. And with an open border comes challenges to uh, security. We've got a drug problem. We've got a, a human trafficking problem. Uh, came out yesterday. Eighty-five thousand kids are missing. We don't know where they are. We have helped bring kids into our country, and we put them with someone that's not their parents, not a relative. And so uh, reports are coming in that these kids are in trouble either as uh, as slave labor or worse. There are things worse than being slave labor. Uh, and so that's something that should shock everybody. So I'm talking too much, Nathan. You're supposed to be asking me questions. Jerry, you asked me a couple, and I just no, I keep going on. There's so much to struggle with. So I want your listeners to know that uh, we acknowledge, you know, the first time, the first thing you do to fix a problem is acknowledge we got a problem. We got major problems. Uh, Nathan, and uh, I want your listeners to know that you've got committed people that are that are working on solutions. We're, we're grateful for that. Um, uh, and, and you you also serve on the education, the House Education and the Workforce Committee. And one of the most important issues for the country in general and for our community, uh, the Jewish community, is education, especially K twelve. Just last week, you 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 our subcommittee held a hearing about school choice, which is a really high priority issue for our community. Um, most of our families in the Orthodox segment of the Jewish community use non-public schools. Mm -hmm. Florida has been really a trailblazer yes. uh, on school choice. Um, tell us a little bit about the hearing you had last week and, and, and what you think the prospects are for some new school choice initiatives here in Oh, that's a great question, Nathan, and, and it's an honor. That's one, it's kind of rare for a freshman to chair anything. And I think only because of the free state of Florida making great strides in education, not only for, for school choice, but also to stop teaching inappropriate things to our kids. There are things a, a kid shouldn't be exposed to. Let's, let's focus on teaching them reading and writing versus teaching them gender craziness that we we know is is going out there but school choice i believe and empowering parents is probably the most powerful tool we can give a child or their parents and in, in bettering them uh and giving them a, a chance to thrive uh throughout their entire life nathan you already know this but uh all kids are different all kids learn different and there is uh we you know that that kid has one shot to uh, 
to really get on a path of a lifelong learning. And if, when they catch fire and thrive in an environment that caters to whatever their needs are, look out. There's no, uh, there's no stopping them. Now, Nathan, you would think that this would be a universally accepted uh, principle of school choice. Let's, let's let money, I mean, states are pouring money into education. Let's help the kids and the families. But uh, if you thought it would be universally accepted, Nathan, uh, you would be mistaken because we saw it as, as a strictly partisan issue. And there's, there's two choices. You can let the money follow the child, follow the family to do what's best, or you can fund a system that's unaccountable, that doesn't thrive on results, that only cares about perpetuating mediocrity. We can't do that anymore. Nathan, let me tell you. Let me tell you something. When I was a... Uh, a state representative. I used to look at my county in the state of Florida. How does my county compare to the rest of the state of Florida? And uh, it was pretty good. When I was a state senator, I used to compare Florida. How does Florida compare to other states? We were pretty good. Right. But now as I'm a congressman, I look at how the country compares to other countries. Nathan, we're not doing too well. We're we're mediocre in the in the world stage, and so we've got to figure out a way to do better for sure. You know, I was in Walmart. I was in Walmart. I counted and do it if anybody's listening. If anybody has uh in twenty minutes they want to kill, go to Walmart. Count the number of shampoos that Walmart sells. Twenty seven, twenty seven. But yet we are we're focused on just offering one type of education, and uh, America deserves better. And this is uh, something that we're going to champion here in Congress to make sure those opportunities are, are available. And that and that's ancient wisdom. King Solomon wrote in the book of Proverbs, teach each child according to his or her path. Amen. Um, so we've, we've known that for a long time. Are there, are there specific legislative proposals on school choice that you are focused on and that you think might have a chance? Well, maybe not while the other party is controlling the Senate, but maybe can build some momentum towards um, in the coming years. Well, an idea whose time has come is more powerful than the than the largest of armies. Mm -hmm. I don't know where where that came <laughs> from, but it's a true. You know, people are demanding this. This really resonates with the people, minorities, uh, everybody who who doesn't love the uh, opportunity to go somewhere. So here's the challenge. The challenge is education is primarily a state responsibility. Our constitution doesn't say the federal government does this. It says it's reserved to the state, so it's their responsibility. But we're, we're doing all we can to help the states. And uh, there is a bill by Adrian Smith that's going to expand the pool of money that goes to the states. And if this passes, that pool of money will be designated for choice to go to parents, not to school systems, but it'll go to families that, uh, that qualify. Now, this is how we started in Florida. We started small with, uh, with small groups of people that were in fact, it started in 1999 under Jeb Bush. It was the A-plus education plan. It said, and it was revolutionary at the time, if you attend a failing school, all schools will be get graded on their test results. But if you're attending a failing school that gets a failing grade two times in a row, then you're going to get that uh, sum of money, which you otherwise would have been given to this failing school district and allow you to go anywhere. There's no one that should be stuck in a failing school. So you started small. But this year, the state of Florida just passed a universal voucher. Everybody's in. Everybody gets a, uh, a scholarship to choose what's best. So this bill that Adrian Smith, he's a representative from, where's Adrian Smith from? I think he is from 
Uh, we'll find out where he's from. But uh, you know what? doesn't even matter where it's from because he, uh, I think he's from Missouri or Midwest. Uh, he's from the Midwest, Nathan. And uh, starting small to give groups that qualify minorities and other other folks. But uh, that's how it starts. It's going to catch fire. Once people have a taste of freedom, once people have a taste of school choice, uh, they don't want to go back. Yeah. Well, I get in our community there, you know, there's a large Jewish community in Florida and mm -hmm. uh, they're calling up their relatives uh, in some other states and saying, you know, the, the, the trailblazing of school choice is really happening here. And, and folks are, folks are moving down. The Jacksonville community um, is growing. Yeah. It's, it's very exciting. I um, mean, well, that's to my point, you know, during COVID, uh, Florida, and it continues to be the fastest growing state. Uh, there's a variety of reasons why people came to Florida. Number right. at the top was uh, was the schools. We were open. That's the first of all. We're open. Nathan, we haven't even got into the fact that many of our school states around the country are now suffering from a two two year two year decline in uh, in school advancement. Uh, can you imagine how sad is it that the uh, that you're stuck if you're a family, you didn't get to go to school. And we now know that being in classroom has tremendous advantages. And Florida was over, especially for the kids who are of school age now, it's not like you can, you know, if you've got four years of high school and you've lost two of those years. Yeah. Even if you fix the system for those coming after them, though, that class of kids has lost those two. It is. And they're irretrievable. Yeah. And here's the sad thing. So the sad thing is if you're one of those states that's suffering, you know what they're doing, Nathan? They're lowering the standards they're saying okay we can't uh measure this anymore on our current uh sliding scale so let's reclassify and resort the standard lower the bar in terms that more people will have success that's a that's a horrible way because i tell you who's not lowering their bar of success china who is now our adversary and that's who we're competing with right now they don't lower their bar other communities aren't doing other nations aren't doing it our nation shouldn't either and and it's just a tragedy that uh, that many are are falling behind. We appreciate that you're one of the leaders on on, on that really important issue. Um, in in the in the remaining time that we have, let me just turn for a moment to foreign policy. Uh, and again, a priority issue for our community is the U.S. Israel relationship. Uh, like it's turning seventy five. Somebody's turning seventy five. <laughs> as we're as we're recording this, this is the week that Israel is celebrating its seventy fifth birthday. Um, Speaker McCarthy is actually headed over there. Uh, and is going to be only the second speaker of the House of Representatives to address the Israeli legislature. A big honor uh, for him and, and for the relationship. Um, what What's your perspective, and and what are you, what are you engaged on uh, in terms of the U.S. Israel relationship? There's only one democracy that we can count on and have counted on for 75 years in the Middle East, and that is Israel. Uh, Nathan, I'm excited. Steve Scalise is currently our majority leader. Mm -hmm. Has already invited this guy, this guy right here, uh, to accompany him in uh, later this fall. Later this fall, there's going to be an ambassador trip. Uh, I don't know what I, but how did I get on that list, but I did. I've already been asked. I've already accepted it. We've uh, cleared our calendar to go. Uh, Nathan, it's something not many people know. I'm embarrassed to tell you this. I've never been to Israel, so I am pretty. Uh, I'm pretty jacked up. I'm excited to go. It's a wonderful trip. I can give you a great restaurant recommendation. Okay. Uh, okay. But uh, it's very, it's very, very special. 10-4. I'm, I'm told if you travel with Scalise, though, prepare to work. It's every day is working. We're going to be meeting with uh, community leaders and sure. civic leaders and just touring and 
and seeing everything. I'm, I'm really excited and uh, looking forward to that. That's wonderful. Um, and uh, I'd like to end, like to end on a lighter note. Uh, you, 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 I asked you earlier what surprised you in Congress, and you gave a very, very serious answer. Okay, there must have been some things that you first got here, and you just like scratched your head and and laughed and said, "I can't believe that I'm here, United States Congress, and this silly thing happened." You have, uh, do you have anything like that? Uh, Nathan, uh, every day there's serious, th- uh, crazy th- things uh, happen. Of course, uh, I'm trying to get credit. I remember the the day that I'm to pick up credentials. Uh, credentials include this lapel pen that allow you to move past uh, security or get through security. On the day I was to pick them up, I didn't have credentials. So uh, I couldn't get in to get them. And I was trying to explain to the guard, uh, we've got a problem here. There's a, there's a standoff because I can't get in to get them to show you. So... Uh, uh, the uh, that was a fun day, but we finally got them. Hey, well, there's a happy ending. We're glad. Happy we're glad you got through. We're glad you're serving and representing people of your district here in Congress and continue and, and really appreciate it. And look forward to working with you more on these and other critical issues. The, uh, the, uh, Nathan, let me tell you something. Of all the people that I've gotten to schmooze uh, with, uh, you're certainly uh, the most fun today. So uh, I appreciate appreciate you spreading the good word of Israel and the neighbor and the friendship and. Uh, the uh, the next 75 years of our nations uh, can continue to work together. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much, Congressman Aaron Bean. I'm Nathan Diamond, and this has been the OU DC Schmoots.